starting to really work. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. No one thinks anything of us. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And who in this here national radio mosh pit has been saying over and over? Over and over again. Rich Eisen. Earlier on the show, host of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Coming up, Yahoo Sports columnist, Dan Wetzel. Co-host of Good Morning Football, Jason McCourty. From the Showtime drama, City on a Hill, actor Kevin Bacon. Uh, in. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Jason McCourty, my new NFL Network colleague, will be joining us on... Uh, he is going to be joining the breakfast table of Good Morning Football um, uh, starting on Monday. And uh, he will be joining us on the program. Um, is there any way that I can guarantee that I have the right McCourty when he calls in? Is that wrong to even ask? Uh, I mean, kind of. Will, will he give up uh, every secret the Patriots have ever had? What do you think? He was only there for a short amount of time, but it's possible. Oh, I'm mixing up my McCourty. You're mixing up your McCourty. Devin has been there forever. <sighs> Jason. Jason was there for a couple of years, wasn't he? Yeah, won one of the Super Bowls, but yeah. bounced around. Tennessee, Cleveland. Well, that's all you got to do is just hang out for a little bit. You're going to win a Super Bowl. During Odds the are you're going to get a It's like a, being in Alabama. Like, if you just be there for four years, you'll probably that's win how it works. one or two. Yeah, okay. That's how it works. Very good. Kevin Bacon is going to be, uh, speaking of uh, degrees of separation, uh, he is going to be uh, in studio hour number three. Can't wait to chat with him. We've got an NFL what's more likely. Later on in this hour, TJ's big-ass grab bag involves what, sir? What you do you know, have for it's me? It's baseball-related. Just look just, into the second half of the season. What's baseball-related? Well, I mean, it's about mean? the second half of the season. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I mean, it's like pulling teeth over here. Well, I mean, you asked the question, and I immediately gave you the answer. You said it's baseball-related. I'm like, well, what about? You said second half of the season. Oh, so you're giving your top five things you're looking forward to in the second half of the season? Or, okay, it'll be the top... uh, What is it? The grab bag today, if you care to stay and watch, will be the top five teams heading into the second half of the season. Spoiler alert. So, in other words, how far up the list will be T.J. Jefferson's New York Metropolitan? Well, they're in the top five. I think everyone would uh, agree with that, right? (laughs) Homer. Very good. That'll be later on in this hour. Sorry, I had something in my throat. Uh, 844 The Red Sox will not be number on the list to right. oh, Okay, we, just so you know. Uh, one of our favorites who covers uh, <laughs> sports or sports and uh, brings a unique insight every single time uh, he hits the keyboard uh, is Yahoo Sports columnist Dan Wetzel back here on the Rich Eisen Show on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. How you been, Dan? I'm good, Rich. How you been? I'm doing fine. Um do we do we call college football professional sports yet? What do you think? I mean, Kirby Smart's paid like a professional football coach. Um, we we've seen uh, more and more name, image, and likeness deals of players where they're making more money than rookies at their position in the NFL. Have we reached the point yet, Dan? What do you think? Uh, we're I don't know why we wouldn't um, at this point. There's virtually no decision made that has anything to do with uh, amateurism, other than to keep claiming it so you don't have to pay taxes uh it's a pretty good little pretty good little bit but um yeah i mean the the decisions consistently get more and more bottom line particularly in the way the television networks really run the sport now um it's 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 a desire for fox to to fox is literally sitting in on the big Ten's tv negotiations with other broadcast partners and and the decisions now aren't just uh, in the same way, ES- ES- and, you know, SEC and the ESPN. It's not just uh, 
hey, we add USC and UCLA and our league gets stronger, we decimate a competitor in the Pac-12. And, and, it, and via supply and demand, we're even more valuable because we've cut supply and, and, and increased our, our, our the demand in our product. So it's consistently more cutthroat business-wise. Um, you know, it's, it's how are we going to design this playoff to maximize the profits of us, maybe not, uh, you know, improve the entire sport and all that. Uh, there's just very little going on at the upper levels, let alone the, the players making a little bit of cash uh, that suggests it's anything but the NFL. So um, what's the next step? I'll ask you the same question I asked uh, Pete Thamel, our colleague at ESPN yesterday. Is the USC-UCLA joining the Big Ten, uh, even though the governor of this great state of California seems to think uh, UCLA shouldn't go, it seems, um, or needs needs some reasoning as to why the UC system needs to be subsumed by Big Ten uh, football. Um, is that the last step? Is that the last big kaboom this year and we're going to just play football and see how it all plays out, or, or there's still more to come right now? Well, there's, there's two big things that have to come up. One would be if Notre Dame decided to join a conference, and uh, that isn't going to happen anytime soon. Uh, Notre Dame wants to see what the playoff will look like, and as long as there is access uh, in, a, in a large number of at-large spots for Notre Dame to make the college football playoff, uh, then they should be fine. They also want to see what they can get on the, on the market with, with, the, with the renewal of their NBC deal. As long as that number isn't incredibly behind, and it shouldn't, uh, the Big Ten and SEC. It doesn't have to be the same, but if it's in the 60 or $70 million a year range while Big Ten schools are making 100 maybe, that's enough for them. So, it's, it's, would Notre Dame jump? Notre Dame's not going to make that decision right now. They don't have to. They're always going to be desired. They're the bell of the ball. The only other thing would be what happens with the Big 12 and the Pac-10. Right now, the Pac-10 and Pac-12, now Pac-10, but whatever, is yes. saying we're going to stick together. We're going to go out into market and negotiate our deal, and, and we're not going to merge with the Big 12. As long as that's the same, then this will this will go on fairly similarly. But if the Big 12 can convince, particularly the Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, any of those schools, hey, you're better off with us, we're more stable, then the Pac-12 could fall apart. But if the Pac, the remaining 10 Pac-12 schools want to stick together, then I think we'll hit a little bit of a calm for the time being. Um, but those are really the only two things that are going to happen. The ACC can't really move. The SEC isn't looking to expand anymore. The Big Ten is, is pretty happy at 16 until they find out what Notre Dame wants to do. So I think it's all about does the Pac-12 stay together? Uh, and if they don't, how many schools jump to the Big 12? But my guess is everyone, it, it'll, it'll remain kind of five major conferences for, for a little while. Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports columnist here on the Rich Eisen Show. So uh, let's then get to the college football playoff because a couple of times you've mentioned – uh, you know, folks want to see how it shakes out, how that shakes out. Certainly Notre Dame being the most interested party on all of that. Who, who's deciding it? What's the decision-making process on what it's going to be and what's the time frame? And Because I, I would imagine that that will be the impetus to create more super leagues, super conferences, and things like that. Wouldn't you agree? 
It could be or it could not be. It, 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 it's what the structure. So they originally signed a 12-year deal on this is the college football playoff. And it's four teams, and it's just the four best teams, four at-large bids, if you will. And that ends after the 2026 season. There is no rollover. So something new has to be created for, for after 2026, which is four seasons away. They had a plan, and, and right now to, to, they had a plan in place to go to 12 teams with six automatic bids. So all the major, the top six conference champions every year would get a bid. So you'd have your SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12, plus you know, your really good Boise State team or a big Mid-American Conference team or, or, or someone from the America, whatever it would be, they would also get an automatic bid. So it was a real lifeline to those smaller leagues. And then you'd still have six at-large spots, which helps the SEC get two, three, four teams in, Notre Dame get in, you know, multiple teams. So that plan was there. But under the old rules, a single conference could say, we don't like that, and the deal would not get changed because they were trying to alter the current deal. Uh, So the ACC, Pac-12, and Big Ten uh, blocked it much to the disastrous decision by the ACC and the Pac-12, because right now they'd have automatic access to the playoff if they had taken that deal in January. Going forward, the new deal is just a new deal. The SEC and the Big Ten have the majority of the big-time schools. They can essentially create whatever playoff they want and say, this is how we're doing it. You're either in and you're out. Because you can't really have a playoff without the SEC and the Big Ten. So if they sit there and say, we want an 18 playoff with all at-large spots, even though we're going to get six, seven of those spots every year, Notre Dame might say, hey, we're in. Everyone else is basically going to have to go along with it, or they're going to have to try to create their own playoff. It'll, it'll kill their recruiting. So this is, going forward, this decision is almost essentially whatever the SEC and Big Ten want. And that's not good for the Pac-12, the Big 12, or the ACC, let alone the, the Mountain West and all of that. So uh, it's a precarious spot. Um, the SEC is going to really drive this boat, but the Big Ten too. So it's a it's a weird process because you're going to create a system for all of college football, but not all of college football is really going to have a say anymore. Well, I mean, I, I think what ends up happening, Dan, you tell me, is that you've got um, 16 teams in the Big Ten right now, right? And uh, yeah. the SEC has got this same number once Oklahoma. 16, and, 16 yeah. So okay, 16. So that's 16. And um, so you could just stop it right there, in a way, uh, I, normally, because... You know what else has 16 teams? The, the AFC. And the NFC. And the NFC. Correct. And then yeah. and those and they have two... have their own playoff. Right, they do. Yeah. And then they meet in what's called the Super Bowl. I think you've heard of it. Yes. Uh, but college... Somewhat popular event. Yes. But college football has more... And profitable. Yes. But college football has, uh, obviously, more teams than just those 32 of interest. And not all those 32 are terrific, just like the NFL as well. So what I'm thinking is you create another situation where one 16-team conference exists and another 16-team conference exists. Everybody has their own playoffs. And you have a four-team playoff situation based off of those 64 and some of those 64 you make a deal that can get relegated out relegated in things of that nature and everybody's going to have to race for those 64 seats 
and that's going to be a free-for-all that's going to come based on maybe the accelerant is the name, image, and likeness deals that some of these teams can offer, or some conferences will close up their ranks to have their own NIL rules because they're not waiting around for anybody else and some might be more of interest to others and that's how players are going to get there and that's how this is all going to go i have no idea who's going to run it maybe it's sankey i don't know but what do you think of that idea dan what do you think that so the reason that that's not a bad idea by the way and and that would be a a a good solution but that would allow that would mean the sec and big 10 would be ceding equal power to the other to everybody else, and right now they control. Plus, where does no you know where does Notre Dame fit in on that? But it's certainly possible there are three or four conferences. Um, it, it, anything is on the table at this point, and that's why getting rid of that playoff plan in January was such a terrible decision for everyone else in college football because the SEC was was driving it, and they were very magnanimous about saying, "Hey, you guys are in." The Big Big 12 is going to get in, even though they're not even close to as good as we are. The Pac-12 is going to get in, even if you lose UCLA and USC. And and so right now you'd be sitting there in the Pac-12 and you're Oregon going, okay, this is terrible. We lost USC. We're not going to make as much money. But you know what? All we got to do is beat these other schools, which we can beat, and we're in the playoff. We can do this, right? Kind of like the way Gonzaga can just win the Western, can, can, can recruit lottery picks every year because mm. they have a path to the Final Four. It doesn't matter that they're in the West Coast Conference or they're a small Jesuit school. They have a path. When you get rid of that path, now you have to hope that, the, that under your plan, the SEC and Big Ten say, hey, we want to be partners with all the rest of you. They may not. They may sit there and say, we're going to go 20 each. You're in or you're out, and Notre Dame has to jump, and Clemson's got to find a way out of their thing or something like that. Um, so it's, it's, it's just very, very unknown and very uncertain. And I don't think even, I don't think anyone in college athletics has the chess pieces designed out, uh, far enough to know exactly how it's going to be. But this, people will be left behind. Good programs with lots of fans are going to be left behind. And it's, uh, and it's happened in the past, uh, with, with teams and it's going to happen in the future. And that's, it's, if you really love all of college football, it's a, it's a fairly depressing time, even though we're going to end up with more good games and things like that. You don't really want to see, a, you know, let's say a Washington State just get left out in the cold. It's like they got fans, and they're fun to watch sometimes. And, and they, you, you want that hope that they can be good. People are going to get left behind. Dan Wetzel here on the Rich Eisen Show. Last one for you, sir. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit more deeper, arcane, and then a moment for, for and that, that is a little bit, uh, uh, I guess, for me. Uh, how does the scheduling work in the Big Ten now? I mean, does that mean, like, does, does Michigan have to play UCLA, USC, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State every year with Wisconsin and Iowa thrown in? I mean, how, how does that, how is this going to work it, what, now that USC, UCLA is here? You got West Coast trips, right? I mean, like, that's going to be significant. Yeah. When When do you make them? You know, the USC gets to, you know, let's just say, uh, USC goes to both Ohio State and Michigan. Let's just throw that out there. But Ohio State, you, you know, Michigan gets USC in September when it's real nice, but Ohio State gets them in November where, you know, kids from Rancho Cucamonga, like, you know, Ohio State's current quarterback, <laughs> might have to put their hands in a fanny pack to keep them warm, you know? 
That was a shot I just made at Ohio State. Yes, you want to be the you want to be the parka salesman to USC athletics. Yeah, uh, That's yeah, good business right yes, now, there, right? yes. There will now be winter clothing that USC might not need in previous yeah, years. But how does it work? What are you What are you hearing? Well, uh, they will probably play nine games. And they'll have three. Um, so let's take your beloved Michigan. Yes, right. You want to have your three rivalry games that you must play every year because you have to have Michigan play Ohio State, right? You're gonna have, you have to have Michigan play Michigan State. Correct. And then maybe they play Minnesota because they got that little brown jug trophy or somebody else, whatever it is. And then you cycle through the rest of the teams uh, and you should be able to get to everybody home and away. Uh, fairly. So you, you would maybe play a USC every other year and every four years you would either travel there or they would tr- you, you would travel there. You play home and away, but it would be, you could stack it up that way. So there's a way to kind of cycle it through where you get to play everybody fairly often, um, but you do not lose the big television draws and the, the hardcore rivalries that you that you need, such as like, there's no way you're not having Michigan and Ohio State play every year because they get 10, that's the biggest game of the year. They get 10 million people to watch. So mm-hmm. we're not expanding to lose 10 million person games. <laughs> we're expanding to get more of them. Um, but for UCLA and USC, extremely challenging. Lane Kiffin the other day was talking. I remember he coached USC. Yep. And he talked about when they would go play Notre Dame every other year. And it was a big deal of when do you leave because you got to get acclimated. And so they would leave on Thursdays for a Saturday game and get in early. And it's, it's, a, it's a grind. And they would always play that thing in the middle of the season. They would play at Notre Dame in mid-October when the game's in L.A., they do it at the end of the year. Now you're going to have to do that like week after week after week because, you know, there's certainly two road games in a row is not uncommon. So you might be USC or UCLA saying, hey, we're going to fly to Illinois and we're going to come back and then we're going to go play over at Rutgers the next week and we got to go. So it's the, the travel for, for USC football and, and, and uh, UCLA football is enormous. And same thing for obviously not just basketball, which people will care about, those are long road trips and all that, and you you go and get time zones. But then, how'd you like to be a baseball team or a softball team or a soccer team? You you signed to play at UCLA. You think you're playing in warm weather, not like a uh, you know a winter game, <laughs> a spring baseball game in East Lansing. Uh, you were you were signing up for something else. So for these for these non-revenue sports, it's even harder. Um, it, it they'll make it work for football, but it will be a challenge, as you see in the NFL. You know. When you're going west to east, it, it's, it's a it's a challenge for that team in the west. Well, it's a perpetual challenge now for UCLA and USC competitively. Dan, thanks for the time, man. Look for my call as uh, the season approaches more. Thanks for the thanks for the two cents. Gr- greatly appreciate it. Anytime, Rich. Talk to you soon. Right back at you, Dan Wetzel, one of the best and finest, right here on the Rich Eisen Show from Yahoo Sports. Let us take a break. Be on time relatively for Jason McCourty about to join the Good Morning Football Breakfast Table, but he will join our program next on the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O O O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Having just spoken with Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports about the college football world and um, diving into him, uh, his knowledge uh, about that world and the Big Ten scheduling that's coming, I'm going to say something that definitely backs up the sentiment from so many other Big Ten fans that Michigan Wolverine alums like myself are arrogant and put our 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 program on a pedestal. I know I know TJ what I'm about to say will upset Penn State country where you're <laughs> from. I get it. But with all of the additions with UCLA and USC and Dan Wetzel saying, well, they're going to they're not going to take away rivalry games with the additions of these new two new teams and that the whole idea is to create more watchable games and they're not going to take away the rivalry games. So you're going to still have those, and then you'll figure out what he said. They'll still play nine games, but they're not going to take away the rivalry games. Name me another Big Ten rivalry game that does not include Michigan. Name me one. Name me one. Well, Iowa, Iowa State. Oh, they're not. Iowa State's not in the Big Ten. Penn, Iowa State's not a Big Ten team. Penn Name State, me, Ohio State. Oh yeah, that the rich history of that. I mean, it's a, it doesn't have the 100-year history no. like Michigan. Who's Wisconsin's rival? Great. Ask them. <laughs> you know who it is? Michigan. Name the one. Ask any Badger the one team they want to beat the most in the Big Ten. Us. Name Michigan State. Us. Name Ohio State. Us. Now, 
got broad shoulders. Got broad shoulders. But now UCLA coming in, USC coming coming in. in. Oh, you want to see USC play? Oh, Penn State. Oh, those those great USC Penn State matchups, right? No, you're going to want to see them play Michigan. There's controversy where USC beat us on a phantom touchdown in a in a in a Rose Bowl during the bow years. So it's just going to be another layer of got to play Michigan. And the but well, Michigan's irrelevant. I hear that all the time. I just want to know. That's why I want to know. How are we going to schedule these things? Michigan, UCLA. I was out of Michigan, UCLA Rose Bowl, which was amazing. They were great. And it was one They're of the best always games I've intense ever games. It was my it was last amazing. year, Bo's last game as coach of Michigan. I covered it. I Junior Seau was literally everywhere on the field that day. So I just want to know what's the scheduling going to be? And how are you going to balance it out? Yeah. And how are you going to keep complaining about it? Well, I've, I still have this program <laughs> for it. <laughs> Trust me, I still I still have this platform, and I'll use it. But I'm just trying to spit truth. I'm go blue. Hey, right. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, eight four four two zero four Rich number to dial. Jason McCourty is now going to sit at the breakfast table of the. Wait a minute, I, I've got the notes from. From, uh, for for this interview, uh, the Emmy Award winning show, Good Morning Football. I'm aware of that. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we lost, but it's an outstanding program, as you know. And an yes. NFL Network family. Yes. Well, no, no. I, I, as you know, the number oh, of good. times that I have said over and over again that hosting NFL Total Access for a decade, that there's going to be another ten pole show. I'd love for more ten pole shows to show up on NFL Network, and Good Morning Football has become. One, not just a tentpole for NFL Network, but for the entire industry in the morning. And uh, Jamie Erdahl, formerly of CBS, is now going to be taking that spot that Kay Adams has been sitting in. And Jason McCourty joins the breakfast table on Monday. So I am thrilled to have here on the Rich Eisen Show, I guess sort of as an entry interview into NFL Network, uh, is none other than Jason McCourty. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing good. Appreciate you having me. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. It's a, a great opportunity uh, to be transitioning out of football into a great role uh, like Good Morning Football. So um, how, are you, uh, how, are you, how are you getting ready to, to, to do this thing, Jason? You ready to wake up in the morning? What's your normal time you hit the alarm? What's the normal time you, get your, you wake up? Man, I got three young kids, so I'm usually oh. up by like six thirty, seven o'clock on the usual. So Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. now with Good Morning Football, I'll, I'll have to be up around four thirty. So yep. I've never been much of a coffee drinker, but that uh, that may have to change in the near future. Jason, so. I'll just let you know right now. Uh, I never used to be much of a coffee drinker, but I became one. I've got my annual physical sharing coming up after this program. I am doing this entire show with no food and no caffeine, and I am freaking out. I'm not lying <laughs> to you right now. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. So you don't drink coffee? No, nope, never, never had a, never had a cup. It just doesn't taste good to me, so I've never gotten into it. Uh, so even in your your tenure with the Patriots, you never had a Dunkin'. I mean, that, I, I think that, you, how did that ever happen? You never had one of them. Never, ha- never had a Dunkin', but I'm a big donut guy, so I've definitely <laughs> stopped by and grabbed uh, vanilla frosted or strawberry frosted. The sprinkles are optional; they're not that important of a piece, but. I've definitely had my fair share of donuts over the years being there. All right, Jason McCourty getting ready to join the <laughs> breakfast table. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and, and you know, you're, you're joining an outstandingly talented crew. Outstandingly talented. You're, you're, you're getting a good spot, Jason. You really are. 
you know, congratulations yes, on sure. that. Um, and you got Kyle Brandt's angry runs. You got all, all that coming up. You are you going to have your own your own sort of uh, segment? You got something like that cooked up, Jason? What do you got? Time will tell. So I'm looking forward to bringing those 13 years of one year winning a Super Bowl, another year going 0 and 16. So. Uh, that's a plethora of knowledge of how to do it and how not to do it. So uh, we definitely can probably pull that into a segment somehow. Wait a minute. So you you did go? Did you go from zero and sixteen to winning a Super Bowl? Did that happen? Back in to back. Exact, in that exact order, lost the last game in January. Signed, got traded to the Patriots in March, and by February was uh, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Damn. That is a totally different ball of wax. Oh my gosh! All right, so now that you're you're out, um, tell me every secret of Bill Belichick starting now. Go for it. <laughs> what do you got? Now, I, I, I wish I okay. wish I knew. So uh, I guess his biggest secret is that somehow he finds a way to keep winning. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so help help me. What? Why doesn't he name coordinators? Can you help me with that one, Jason? Did you see yesterday he finally put uh, titles to the new coaches' names, and none of them are coordinators. Like, what What? What, do you, what happened? What, can you give me any insight on that at all, Jason? I did, I did see that. I know um, for my three years being there, like, title never mattered. So um, I think for him, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why the press releases go out and they don't have anything. But for when you're in the building, there's always going to be a consistent – person in front of the room talking to you, whether it's Bill standing up in front of the squad meeting, whether there's been times that he's been the same person to stand up in the defensive meeting rooms, or whether it's Steve or Mayo or whoever's going to be standing in front of the room on the offensive side of the ball. The one thing you knew as a player when you walked in, you knew who was going to be standing in front of you. You knew what the plan was going to be each and every week, and you knew what you needed to do uh, to execute it. So I think for him, he doesn't really care about those titles and things because he looks at it as it's more for other people to talk about because within the building, uh, it's just not important. Now, for those coaches, I don't know how they feel when you go to negotiate your next deal uh, and the title's not there. That's a whole other side of the business that I, I, I wasn't privy to. So, But everybody there in that building clearly knows as they are arriving for training camp uh, as a team next Tuesday, everyone knows who's calling the plays this year, right? Everyone does know that by now, right? Or no? For sure, for sure, they know on defense. I don't know if they know on offense. I'm sure Bill and those guys know, um, but I don't know if that's part of still figuring out what's next. Um, I can't even pretend like my three years of experience in that building uh, leads me to know the answer to that question. So I'd be lying if I said, oh, yeah, for sure they do know. But I think. Uh, the one thing that those guys probably know walking into that building to start a training camp uh, is that they're confident in that whatever the plan is is going to put them in the best position to win. And what does the Patriot way mean? I mean, the do-your-job way that, uh, that, that might have been different in all the other stops from Tennessee, Cleveland, and Miami for you in your 13-year career, Jason McCourty. What's the difference? You, you know what? I've never been big on the whole, like, Patriot way as if, like, you walk in, they hand you a book of like do's and don'ts of what the Patriot way means. Right. Uh, for me, I know when I first got there, the one thing that I thought uh, stood out to me was Bill's ability uh, to put a roster together beyond just X's and O's. Like when we walked in that locker room, the chemistry and the camaraderie that was built around players was huge. And I think 
um, there's something to that when a coach, uh, Bill's coach slash GM, when you can look at a team and you know, hey, I may need a receiver, but personality-wise, better experience-wise, who's the guy that's going to fit perfectly within my locker room? I think that helps build what you call the Patriot way. Uh, my years there, when you have guys, obviously everybody talks about Tom. Uh, we know how great he is and what he brings to the table. But when you have guys like Devin McCourty, uh, Julian Edelman, Matthew Slater, these are guys that dictate what goes on in the building. And obviously it started with the Willie McGinnises and uh, uh, the Rodneys, the Lawyer Malloy, so many guys that came before them. But to me, that's more or less what it means. And then, as you know, when you've worked in the league for a while, organizations go through transition and different things at different times. Um, the one thing about New England for the past 20 years has been consistency. Everybody within that building is moving in the same direction. There's no egos involved. There's no, well, why am I not doing this? Why is he doing that? Everybody knows what the goal is and the vehicle in which we all need to be in to get there. New breakfast table member and regular of Good Morning Football, the Emmy Award-winning show on NFL Network, Jason McCourty here on the Rich Eisen Show. So uh, Kyler Murray's new contract, what do you think that leads to in Arizona? Uh, what do you got for me? Winning championships or what? Like, because that's he's now the second highest paid uh, per annual basis quarterback in the league. He's yet to win a game uh, in the playoffs. He is clearly generationally talented, now generationally enriched. What do you think this leads to in Arizona, Jason? I mean, I, I definitely at this point can't say championships just for the fact that they haven't done anything yet to show us uh, that they have championship written all over them. And I think, I think that's the the odd thing about when it comes to contracts. I remember getting my second contract when I was in Tennessee and our GM at the time was Rustin Webster and I signed a deal and everything and obviously excited, a uh, ton of money, all of that. And Rustin comes up to me and he's just like, Hey, the reason we paid you is because we want you to continue to do what you have done since you've been here. The leadership, the way you play, don't think that you have to do anything differently. We paid you because of who you are and how you approach this game. So continue to do those same things. So as I listened like yesterday of hearing everybody talk about Kyler Murray and it's just like, well, now that they paid him, they expect him to be a leader. They complained about his body language. They want him to change that and this, that, and the third. And my thing is you pay a guy. There's different ways you pay a guy. Sometimes you pay a guy because, hey, like he's been doing this for X amount of years. A guy like Tom Brady, you pay him because you know his worth and you know what's going to happen. A guy like Kyler Murray, you know each year he's been in the NFL, he's improved. So you know for him the ceiling is still high. But you can't pay a guy and expect, all right, now all of a sudden he's going to walk into the building and be a different person. He's going to all of a sudden walk in and be the most vocal guy in the building. No, he's going to continue to do the same things that he's done. So for me, I do think Arizona is going to continue to improve as Kyler Murray goes. I just don't know if it breeds championship. The Rams are still a very good team in the NFC. I don't know if they've – been able to build a roster to get over that hump. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be missing games early on in the season, and they're going to need guys to step up. So I think you get to a point where this day and age you need a quarterback to win, and there's a market value of what that position demands, and they had no choice but to pay him because yeah. he's a starting quarterback, and he's one of the better ones in the league. I know my guy, Chris Brockman, across the way from here gets upset every single time. I'm like, does he deserve it? He absolutely deserves it because that's what the market pays him. It's his turn. And it was his turn. The question is, is how how will he earn it? And I think you just kind of gave gave an a 
you know, an assessment that's accurate. Like, we haven't seen Arizona finish strong yet since he and Cliff Kingsbury have been together. We haven't seen that big finish to top off what they were able to do in the first half of a season. And now their first half of this season's without DeAndre Hopkins and the defending champs with their big, huge, you know, moon-sized championship rings they got last night. That's going to be a very tall order, Jason. Very tall. Without a doubt. And the biggest challenge for the Rams is going to be um, how do you handle the success? You know, Super Bowl, you go, got the parade, you get the rings, you got the stadium underneath, flip the top off on the ring, show that (laughs) off as well. Uh, Now the season's about to start. What have you been doing all offseason? Have you been touring and, and, and showing off the rings and the trophy? Or have you got right back to work? And are you as eager and as hungry uh, to win the next one. I think that was always the challenge uh, for me, actually being able to win one uh, when I first got to New England and coming back in 2019 of having that same hunger and us going in the off season and really grinding, but at the same time realizing that, hey, we played football all the way to the middle of February last year. Like We're an old team. Like We have to figure out ways to get that work in, uh, but still take care of our bodies. But I mean, the Rams gave out money all offseason. They got Bobby Wagner there as joined, and they were able to re-sign Cooper Cup. Aaron Donald even was able to give the coach some money as well. So there's no reason to believe that the Rams aren't going to be right there at the top of the uh, conference this year. All right, last one for you. This is a this is a classic paparazzi question, and since you're now part of us, uh, that world, I'll throw it to you. The one quarterback to win a game in, in, in 2022, okay, for this year, this year, you've got to choose one quarterback to win a football game in a do-or-die contest. That quarterback is which? Who is that quarterback? Jason McCourty. Who do you have? Josh Allen, Bills Mafia. And it pains me to say it after playing in the AFC East uh, with New England and with Miami, but I think it's because of that is why I'm saying it. Uh, this guy has shown up in big moments, uh, and he's just a monster. This guy can throw the ball all over the field, and he also can get the ball in the, in the shotgun position. He was the running back as a lead blocker, and he's shown his ability to score touchdowns running the ball in the red zone. But I think for me, watching Josh Allen develop, being in that division and seeing where he was as a young quarterback, being able to flash and make plays, but also making the mistakes and the interceptions and the fumbles, and to see how far he's grown and how much he's gotten better and having a chance to be around him at a conference one offseason, man, this dude is special, and he's continuing to show it. So for me, uh, Josh Allen would be that one quarterback. I think the, the beauty about him is that when you hear the guys in Buffalo on that team talk about him or you see him and, uh, and Stephon Diggs do a touchdown celebration where they're both dancing, you see the way guys rally around him, and that's true leadership because guys want to go out there and perform for him so that they can go in the presser on Monday and call him the best quarterback in the league. Jason McCourty, thanks for the time. Look for more of my phone calls. Welcome to NFL Network, NFL Media Group. Congrats on the good morning football gig, uh, and, and uh, let's do this again soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Right back at you. That's Jason McCourty right here on the Rich Eisen Show. And in terms of Buffalo Bills, just in terms of Allen as well, you know you've reached mega superstar status when you're talking about the other quarterbacks you're facing and how those matchups are going to be must-watch, must-see. Takes two to tango, but those are the matchups you want to see. You know, back in the day, when when's Brady playing, uh, playing Peyton Manning, right? Yep. 
Absolutely. How about this for the Buffalo Bills? First up against Stafford and the Rams, okay? In week three against Tua, week four against Lamar. Man, week six against Mahomes. Week six against Mahomes after a bye, week eight against Rodgers. Let's see if Deshaun's back week 11. Hey, man, the Bills and the Patriots are just going to be always terrific. Mac Jones there. Then in week 17, it's Joe Burrow. Come on now. At Cincinnati, Monday night football, the 2nd of January. Buffalo at Cincinnati. Back, just even like three years ago, Bills, Bengals. Is that must-see television? Like, get out of here. Now, for the next decade, you bet that's appointment television. And then week 17 for oh, the AFC East title. Man. Potentially. Potentially for the entire week 18, AFC. Week 18. Week 18. I know you were having fun yeah. with that. Week, But week 17 for the AFC title. That could be on the line. Oh, yeah. AFC East, Mac Jones. I mean, I know that. Come on now. I know that. Top 10 quarterback. And, and again, what Miami's <laughs> doing with Tua, and obviously, as you know, the Jets have got me very excited. We'll see if, if uh, Zach Wilson can be that plus the biscuit. But he didn't even stutter. Josh Allen, your Mandalorian quarterback. I don't blame him. It's still Tom Brady. I mean, come on. No, I know that. Obviously, in this, uh, this day and age of, of needing a, a win. Uh, let's go to Doug in Baltimore. I'll take this call. I'll take the bite at this apple before we throw the break. What's up, Doug? How you doing, Rich? What's going on, buddy? Um, I'm okay. And let me give you the, the standard. I love you guys. Um, I teach, and I try to schedule my schedule during the year to watch you guys. Thank you. breaks and so forth. Doing the oh, gosh. Okay. Now, that's it. Here's, here's the pivot. <laughs> <laughs> but. I, the, the arrogance that comes across, and it's so odd because you come on sometimes at the top of the hour with, like, your humble host, but yet, oh, my gosh, the arrogance when it comes to your beloved Yankees and especially today your beloved University of Michigan. Right. Okay, let's start with Michigan, and we'll work our way back. How dare you say that the only rival that any school in the Big Ten has is with Michigan? Have you not heard of the old Oaken Bucket? Oh gosh, I've heard of the Oaken Bucket. I've heard of it, and and I, I'm not even I'm not even putting the Brown Jug up there either. I mean, I know that's his old old school, and I know there's an old Oaken Bucket that there are a lot of great rivalries. But when when push comes to shove, though, Doug, were the United States sitting down and wanting to see the game, not just some regional rivalry? I'm not saying that there's no such thing as a rivalry in the Big Ten without Michigan. I'm talking about significant rivalries that need to be scheduled every year, not just because they're such a vast history, but because television executives demand it. And now USC's coming in. That's on Michigan's schedule damn near every year because of that. And you can't say the same thing about Michigan State. Gotta see USC take on even Ohio State. Seriously, that's what I'm saying. Huh. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure I completely buy that, okay. but all right, for the sake of the argument. But do you don't think that people are going to want to see you, you, Ohio, Ohio State and USC? Now they, no, now they would. Absolutely. Oh, I want to see that. Would, you don't think they wouldn't want to see that beforehand? No, you, USC is far – well, I mean, if, if it's not on the schedule that year, right, you, you can get through it. 
But I think there would be people saying, well, how are you not putting USC and Michigan together? You should say that about Ohio State, too. Look, and I'll say this, so you're, 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 you're understanding I'm, my head's not totally in the sand, and I'm not totally in the tank here. Ohio State is the most important Big Ten team there is right now. There is, because that's the one that has been battling for championships. Hopefully that, that tide got turned last year. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little nervous that that was just a one-off. But Ohio State's the one year in and year out over the last 10, 15 years that's the most important Big Ten team because that's the one that can go in Alabama in a championship game and beat them. That's the one that's been able to go and to stare down the abyss of Clemson and beat them. And my school hasn't had that opportunity or, well, or put themselves in that and, spot. And, and good Lord, you are making the most off of the one you got, the one this past year. I, I just wish you. Well, I'm living my best life. Beginning. By the way, Doug, that shelf life is lasting another few months, and I'm I, oh, I intend geez. to have it. So. Oh my God! Can I do the Yankee thing real quick? And before, and I don't <laughs> want Rockman to get on. No, you know, like, no they're they're in Baltimore. They're, they're, they're Baltimore's in the Yankee Stadium tonight. So tread lightly, oh, sir. We're going to get swept. I know that. I don't know about that. They're playing the well. Are, the Yankees right now are better than the Orioles. They've been that way for a while, but that doesn't mean that I, that everything that nothing else exists outside the Yankee uh, the Yankee orbit. Oh, my God. Um, Do we need to hug it out? Do I need to hug it out? Have I pissed you off, Doug? I'm sorry. (laughs) Doug is already my favorite caller of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell this story real quick. I was in Boston in 2006, um, and a lady actually wanted me to take a picture with the 04 championship trophy. And I told her, ma'am, you got to be kidding. I'm a lifelong Orioles fan. Why in the world would I pose behind a Red Sox championship trophy? You don't need a piece the of metal The great thing about that. being an Orioles fan, we can hate both, both, hate both of you. I love it. Very good. Uh, we have to run, Doug, but please <laughs> call right, back. Yeah, boy, Rearrange your schedule right, more, Doug, please. Thank you. Buddy. Fantastic. See, I knew I'd piss people off, but oh, I'm just speaking from the gut. Doug and I need to be friends. We'll take a break right here <laughs> on the Rich Eisen Show. TJ's Big Ass Grab Bag still to come, as is Kevin Bacon. And a what's more likely with the NFL? Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. So the last style bender that's based on on what? It's based off uh, a TV show I, I watched, The Avatar. It's a Nickelodeon show. Okay. And 
Aang, the main character, he had to realize his destiny as the Avatar by mastering all the four elements, which is water, earth, fire, and air, mm -hmm. to realize his destiny. And for me, in this, in this realm, I have to realize my destiny as the Avatar by mastering all the elements of, the, of martial arts. So a lot of stuff in that show is all kind of correlates with my life with different characters. So even I got tough right here, I, you know, I inked her up on my skin because, and I have a lot of other tattoos that relate to that show. Okay. And even this one, Naruto, is another anime I watched that really inspired me, so. Yeah, you're wearing that shirt right yeah. now. Yeah, um, I just picked it up this morning, threw some, you know, oh. I dressed up nice. Uh, look, man, uh, again, I just, uh, you're so icy, I couldn't really tell everything you else. Skate on was, me if you want I to. Just, I just, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> you slip and fall. <laughs> you got a lot of good lines, man. I don't want you man. to break your hip, my man. Huh? I don't want you to break your hip. No, I'm not going to break my hip. I, you know, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm hey, you're in shape. I see I'm, you. I'm nimble for a 50 year old, Israel. Uh. I mean, I'm not going to get in the cage. I could not, <laughs> I don't know if I could do that dance that you did. Two I step. Mean, I'll show you a little two step real quick. So you need. Is that it? Yeah, two okay. step. Yeah. Well, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to keep you for a television uh, only segment, and okay. then you'll try and teach Show me you all a little that two step. Yes, right. I'd like to do that. Okay. I, I think, you know, I limbered up. I did a workout yesterday. Um, <laughs> You're right. How's the well, foot? My, my, I have plantar okay? fasciitis in yeah. my left foot, um, you know, uh, but, you know, that's just neither here nor there. Sounds fancy. This is either going to be great. Or not so. Mm -hmm. All right, Israel, uh, what are we doing here right now? You've, by the way, you've equipped me with some yeah, of your ice. Got you dripped up. Skating, I'm all I'm skating on them. Okay, so what are we doing here? All right, just a quick, quick number, like okay. what I did. Okay. We're gonna be in the huddle, and we're gonna count like one, one. two, one, two, three, four. Now I want you to chest pop. Okay. Boom. And right. then step forward. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna. Grab your crutch right there. Okay. Cajones, okay. And I want you to lean to the left. Yes. Back. Don't throw your hip out. Okay. Thank you. Right. Yes. And forward. Okay. That's it. Okay. Uh, so, and we can use this music. Yeah. Okay. What's the big rules? Okay. Height to height. Okay. Hit it. All right. Okay, man. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're in the huddle. Huddle. Right. Yeah. Wait. Wait for the beat to drop. Turn that up. Turn it up, Mike. Come on Pump now. <laughs> ready? Yeah. Uh, and five, six. Yeah. Five, six, seven. Oh, chest pop. Boom. Forward. Crutch. Crutch gap. Mm, 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 mm. There we go. That's simple. I'm gonna mock somebody out. Oh. <laughs> Happy 33rd birthday to the great Israel Adesanya. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. NetSuite wants to make sure that you have proper visibility on everything you need to run your business because poor visibility means you might still be relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software and uh, NetSuite by Oracle saying, what are, you, what, what are you doing? Essentially. To see the full picture, <laughs> you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle because NetSuite's the number one cloud financial system that gives you the full picture of your business. So you can get visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need all in one place, folks. You can automate your manual processes and close your book in no time, staying ahead of competition and in in the process 93 percent of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to netsuite over thirty-one thousand businesses already use netsuite folks so this summer netsuite's got a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash richard radio head to netsuite.com slash rich radio for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses netsuite.com slash rich radio T.J. Jefferson, yes, hit sir. It. It's time for your big ass grab bag. Go for what it, in the sir. The world is in that bag. What you got in that bag?
What do you have in that bag? All right, well, like we always do at this time, fellas, kaboom, guess who stepped in the room? Listen, baseball has been on our minds all week, so I just figured I'd make this grab bag really quick and take a look into the second half of the MLB season. I'm just going to give you TJ's top five teams of the second half of the 2022 season. And um, this would have been, this has been kind of easy, and I could have had a different team at five, but at five, I'm going to dig in the big-ass grab bag. I'm going to pull out the Seattle Mariners. They're 10-0. Their last 10, they've got maybe the, the newest, biggest star in baseball after after the home run derby. I just kind of, you know, I'm taking a chance. I'm throwing the Mariners in there and saying, maybe this this run's going to keep going. The, the hot bats, people are now interested in them, I think. Hopefully this kid has put some more attention on Seattle. I am, so. I'm, all, I'm all on the Seattle boat this weekend as they take on the Houston Astros, <laughs> who are now two and a half behind the Yankees. Hopefully the, hopefully the Mariners will have 17 straight wins by the end of the weekend. And I said they won their last 10. Excuse me. It's actually 14, 14 in, in a row. What else you got over there? My apologies. Uh, coming in at number four, I'll be honest with you, four and three, we could have flip-flopped. I'm putting the L.A. Dodgers in at number four. Um, what a catch. They, they, are, catch last they are crushing it right now. And they could easily be number one, especially considering... Okay. Um, the way they've been rolling. But I've got the Dodgers at four. Coming in at number three, I'm putting my New York Mets. Uh, great news. The Grom is scheduled to come back. Scherzer's back. This team's balling. They're never out of any baseball games. And I feel really good about the New York Metro. Certainly with Juan Soto in that lineup on August 1st, right? Yeah, you know, and I, I was really high on that, but now I'm really starting to... I'm not sure, Rich. Uh, if you're the Nationals, or do you really want to trade the guy to someone you're going to have to see that many times? Well, you're going to... I mean, again, like, again, I, uh, it depends on what uh, not Bobby Axelrod does. Yeah, I want to get my hopes up, but I don't want to get my hopes up. But I'm loving what the Mets are doing right now. Um, let's keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number two, the Houston Astros. This team, you say what you want about garbage cans and this, that, and the third, nah, tattoos and man. shirts. This is the real deal. This team is amazing, man. And like, they put it on the Mets when we went and played them. And I was like, this Astros team is no joke. And obviously, coming in at number one, the number one team heading into the second half of the season, the New York Yankees. Uh, I mean, blistering pace, probable AL MVP right there. We're looking at him and Aaron Judge. Um, Giancarlo Stanton, by the way, I think that home run he hit in the All-Star game just landed. So I got the Yankees as, as my top team right now. I feel like this grab bag was pretty easy. Well, they have the best record in the uh, in the, the, the whole sport. Um, that's maybe why you put them there, number one. But um, the Astros are a better team right now. Right. That's for as sure. of today, yeah. That's for sure. The Astros are a better team. The Astros are only two back in the loss, two and a half overall. Um, and you got to keep an eye on 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 them for sure. I mean, the Dodgers are the team getting Freddie Freeman. It was winning the World Series or bust. The Yankees are now in that category as well, thanks to their huge start that mm-hmm. July has totally cooled them off. And the Mets, I'm just curious to see what they do at the trade deadline. I'm curious to see what all five of these teams yeah. do at the trade deadline. You know, the Mets are right now um, – you know, only two and a half in front of the Braves. So Been fighting the Braves off all season. Man, the Dodgers were up five nothing last night, then coughed up the lead, and then put a four spot on the bottom of the eighth. Mookie Betts' his catch last night. He is really good Go at baseball. Take a look. He's just good at everything he does. <laughs> Man, including pissing off uh, Chris Brockman anytime I, his name gets I feel mentioned. Chris. I Chris. I mean, I get uh, you. It's not Mookie's fault. I know. 
It's one man's fault, and I hate that man. I, Chris, I know how I feel. Chris, I know I feel about the Jason Tatum thing, and he never played for me. So I can imagine hey, how you're feeling. Kevin Bacon's coming in studio. Don't go anywhere. Coming this up. This is the business we've chosen. Well got, done. That's for you, Chris. Find this uh, let's go to Al in Atlanta. He's been hanging on forever today. What's up, Al? How you been? morning rich got about a couple minutes for you all what's going on all right, all right. I, I got i got a i got a great subject for you for the macro but first we got some business to handle with the future birthday boy how you doing i'll put the braves on there uh it could the braves probably should have been five but then i looked at it man it was like all right these are the five best records that's pretty simple so i had to oh. switch all it up right, a little right. bit make it all make right, it somewhat good. interesting I, I, uh, I do owe you this i have to say congratulations to the Mets winning the NLE's first half in it. Sadly, <laughs> there's a second half to play, and we all know what the Mets do. You, you know what the old Mets did. This, this is a new Mets. You ain't seen these Mets before. All right, this, this is a completely first different team. Pennant. Is that, first gonna, is that going up in City Field? Is that where yeah, it's going? Okay. Very good. Uh, also, yes. uh, as some may remember, I called in about three months ago and made a bet with you, Braves versus Mets. Mm-hmm. But we never... Uh, uh, solidified what we were actually betting on. Are we betting on the 19 games head-to-head, or are we betting on the full season? I thought your bet was head-to-head. I thought that's what you'd say. Oh, I mean, it's your choice. I made the bet. You get to choose the parameter. I mean, Excellent. you know, we might as well just go mono mono then. You I, know? I like it. You got a one-game lead so far. Okay. Yeah. Al, what else you got in your mind? Anything? And uh, the perfect natural, I feel, is the Braves' new first baseman, Matt Olson. It, it fits so well. Oh, okay. 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 We've never talked to Matt. Uh, I've never talked to him. You should get him on. Let's do it. Certainly since he's being used as a comp for Rafael Devers. Thanks for the call, Al. Appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. I hate baseball. And also, Rich, <laughs> why do you hate baseball? <laughs> I could have had the Braves in there, but I don't like the Braves. You know, that was personal. It's your purse. It's your big-ass <laughs> grab bag, and sometimes it's as only as large as just as you want it to be. Yeah. You know, can't believe you're not. What do you do? You want me to come over on the birthday tomorrow? You want me to bring uh, Zan? I can bring Zan by. <laughs> come where? I don't know. No one's ever been to TJ's crib. Somebody's got to play ping pong ball. Yeah, right? I was just gonna say you got to <laughs> ping pong. I mean, Brockman's been outside of the crib in the car, but he's never come up. Kevin Bacon making his way to our studio, yeah. hour number three, yeah. with the star of City on a Hill and so much more, and then. What's more likely, NFL style, coming up next.